I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. There is no better group of plants for flower power and forms of the shrubby potentilla. Hello and welcome to This Week in the Garden. I'm Peter Seabrook, here to help with your gardening quandaries. Today, I welcome back my colleague from The Sun, Steve Bradley. Steve joined us in July, and today we're going to hear more about his life in horticulture and what's gone into writing some of the 40 books Steve has produced on the subject of gardening. My thanks to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this podcast. Well, it was a pretty wet Saturday morning last weekend uh, and we got all kitted up. I had uh, John Sexton with me. Uh, Once a month he comes and gives me a helping hand. It's about the only way I can keep up now. Uh, But it was pretty wet and miserable working out in the garden on Saturday morning. But then, of course, uh, in Essex, it doesn't usually uh, continue to rain. We have an old saying... Rain in seven, shine eleven, uh, and it was pretty good in the afternoon. So a lot of things got sorted, uh, particularly in the polytunnel that was getting a bit out of hand. Uh, I've got sweet peas already up and growing quite nicely there, uh, and I'm moving a lot of uh, potted perennial stuff in under cover. Things like uh, carex, the variegated evergreen carex, some cut flower pinks, and of course there's some chrysanthemums in bloom. The polytunnel is an absolute boon on those really miserable, wet days. What's in the news this week? Well, we can uh, congratulate Perth, a city up in uh, Scotland, who is the new Britain in Bloom champion of champions. Uh, It's their 30th year, I think, of uh, entering that competition. And the heathers in Riverside Park are absolutely fantastic. If you're ever up in the Perth area... In the autumn, well, and the winter too, you should pop into Riverside Park and see their heathers. It's appropriate, I suppose, for lucky white heather to be grown up in Scotland. But our congratulations to Perth on winning Champion of Champions, Britain in Bloom. Or we can congratulate too Her Majesty's Prison at Bridgehead in South Wales. Uh, They've just been awarded the 2019 Windlesham Trophy by the RHS uh, for the best prison garden. They say the whole community has benefited from uh, growing food and learning about the benefits of being out in the open air and growing things. I'm sure if you're incarcerated, getting out into the fresh air must be a help. At Wyvale Nurseries are celebrating their 90th anniversary next year and they're extending production. Andy Johnson, the director there, says that the demand for British-grown native trees and transplant has been exceptional 
and they're doubling the cold storage capacity for this range of stock. The late Harry Williamson, he founded the business in Hereford, growing bare root roses at King Acre Nursery in 1930. I remember showing roses alongside him in the 50s. He was inspired by a trip to America, as uh, several other UK nurserymen were in the 1950s, and he opened one of the first garden centres in 1963. Son-in-law Brian Evans was uh, the fellow who then developed the Wyvale chain, which, of course, in the past 12 months or so, uh, has been uh, sold off and broken down into uh, a number of smaller units. A new study has uh, just uh, told us that hedging is very good for uh, the environment. It uh, traps pollution, it reduces noise, uh, slows the speed of wind. Why ever they needed a report for that? I mean, we've known it for years. I wouldn't be without my hedges. And the thick yew hedge at the front, goodness, that does a wonderful job in all kinds of directions and gives a great deal of protection to birds as well. Now for the week's advice, then I'm starting to uh, prepare to winter dig. And as I do that winter digging, I'll be uh, giving a thought or two to a talk I attended last week, given by Charles Dowding, the uh, specialist on no dig. He gave a very impressive uh, lecture and had some excellent pictures showing what he can do without using a spade. Well, I was happy to hear that he did actually use a spade. He still had one to dig holes to plant trees. But apart from that, uh, if he has a, a rough piece of soil, he just puts down thick cardboard and four inches of well-rotted compost on top. And away you go. I'll tell you. Boy, he was uh, attending to detail... And July-August was his busiest time. He was very keen on getting two or three crops from a patch of ground. He was well worth listening to if you get the chance sometime. Up next, I'm joined by my colleague at The Sun, Steve Bradley. Welcome back, Steve. I think when we interviewed you last time, we got about as far as your... Horticultural College lecturing at uh, Ascombrian, Merriswood, uh, Rittle. Well, I'm glad you remembered because I couldn't remember exactly where we got to. But um, <laughs> yeah, if we take it from Merriswood onwards, um, I went there as director of horticulture. Then we got, a, after a while, we got a new principal. Um, one of the reasons I've been taken on there was to develop higher level courses. And this new principal came in and said, oh, we're not having any of that. We're going to be a training college. So I saw my sell-by date looming fairly, <laughs> fairly imminently. Um, but also other things were going on in terms of um, a company called Flashback. Um, they'd made several gardening-type programs for Channel 4, but they'd always used um, Kew Gardens. And they got this other idea for a program called Plant Life, but they'd been told by Channel 4 that they'd rather they use somewhere else instead of Q, just for a change. And like a lot of uh, production companies, 
Well, Guildford's not that far out of London. They don't like to stray too far. So they came down to Merriswood and as head of horticulture, I was asked to show them round, which I did. Um, and then, much to my surprise, I said, well, if we make this programme here, um, will you help us by presenting it? And I just said, well, yeah, OK, if you want, you know, so... Um, that's that's the kind of training you have for TV presentation yes, in gardening, is. didn't it? Yeah, but <laughs> drop you in the deep end yeah, exactly. and you swim. Well. Yes, exactly. <laughs> but um, in many respects, it was like an extension of teaching because the way it was filmed, we used to have four or five students there, and the cameraman was standing with the students. So, if you like, he was seeing it from the students' perspective, and I was teaching as if I was just teaching to the students. Anyway, the thing is that we we did that. Um, and it was more of a botany-based programme than true horticulture. But part way through it, the sad bit about it was um, there, were, there were two people writing the book, a lady called Susan Berry, who I worked with quite a bit later on, and somebody called Anne Bonnar, who you may have known. Ooh, yeah. And sad, the sad bit about it is that um, Anne Bonnar was suffering from cancer of the spine. So apparently it's extremely debilitating... And she couldn't continue with the book. And so I was asked if I would um, take her place and do the writing because I'd been presenting the programme. And I'd always fancied my chances at writing rather than necessarily TV. And so, you know, I couldn't wait to get started. And so we did a book to go with the series. I think it was about six programmes. Um, the book seemed to go quite well. It was published by a company called Collins and Brown. And from then on, I started working with Susan Berry. Um, she was a journalist writer with no real background in horticulture. So that's where I came in. Um, we got on well together. And so we I think we did about six or eight books. Um, six or eight? Yeah, yeah. Um, we did a container book. Um, we'd, we worked for different companies. But um, we anyway, we did a number of books. And... If you like, that got us established. Um, well, me established. She was already established. And <clears throat> then they found out that my wife was a horticulturist as well. And the thing that irritates me even to this day is that at that stage, all the books that I'd written had been joint and I'd always wanted to do one on my own. And Val was approached and the first book that she ever wrote she wrote in her own right, and so I'd been slaving away over all these other books to try and get one of my own. She steps in and writes one, I think it was Town Gardening, uh, with, with a name emblazoned on the front. And I was not best pleased. You know, I, I thought it should have been me. Not necessarily that book. But um, anyway, she got uh, her solo career started really before mine. And then we started writing together. And... I think one of the funniest things that we did was um, we were asked to do a book on propagation, which is what I always used to teach. And it was a real rush job. And, of course, what normally happens with publishers, um, they give you a project to do a blad, this sample, um, that they want for the Frankfurt Book Fair, which is normally on sort of October, November time. And they normally give you that um, beginning of the summer and then they all clear off on holiday to leave you to work for them while they're away enjoying themselves. And I said, oh, you just want a blad? They said, no, we want the book. 
and we got a two weeks holiday planned in France. In fact, it was a cottage that Susan Berry owned, and um, we went down there and we took the laptop and everything. And so our boys were quite young then. So after we'd put them to bed each night, um, we'd sit down and I'd taken some of my notes and a lot of it was from memory. So Val was there typing away. Well, I feel like I was reminiscing. So we did this um, book on propagation. Um, It finished up um, winning an award at the Garden Media Guild. It's the only one that I've done that has won an award. And then to bring me back down to earth, a couple of years later... Uh, we'd gone shopping down at um, Gunwharf Keys, which is a new shopping complex um, down at Portsmouth. And that, they've got a bookshop there. And I always go and look in bookshops. And, you know, I'm interested in reading as well as writing. And I, I forget what I went in for, but it wasn't for a book. And while I was looking around, I saw um, this practical propagation book. It had been reduced to 99p from 12.99. Well, that was a bit of a blow for a start. So I picked the items that I wanted and I thought, well, I do quite a lot of talks to gardening clubs. Things like that are always handy for raffle prizes. So I paid for these other items and I said, oh, I'll have this uh, book as well. And this girl said, oh, it's, she said, don't bother with a 99p. She said, it's been kicking around for ages. Nobody wants that. You can have it. Oh, Steve. <laughs> oh, how the mighty have fallen. Oh, yes. And I just, I just said, do you mind? I wrote that. So she, she was all apologetic. We had a good laugh about it in the end, you know. Um, after 30-odd years of teaching, you're used to taking the brickbats as well as the praise. Oh, but um, yeah. and, and it's a story that I often tell because I think it's great. And I also, when I see these people that are so full of themselves, I just think, yeah. be careful what you wish for. Yeah. But... Um, no, I mean, it was a happy ending in that respect, and it won an award. It's a book that I'm still quite proud of. Um, and then, of course, you know, if you like, the pinnacle really was um, doing a rewrite of the Grafter's Handbook. Well, I, I don't think there could be um, a better accolade to any horticultural journalist, Steve. You know, that is the definitive work, isn't it, on top working and grafting above ground? Uh, yeah, very much so. And the thing is that... Um, you know, I remember buying a copy when I was a student. I still have my student uh, copy, yeah. I'd got about three different copies as it was um, reprinted. Um, so, yeah, I went full circle there in that respect. And then the other, if you like, circular route was being approached to rewrite some of the expert books because they were first, some of the first books that I ever um, got hold of uh, as I showed more and more interest in horticulture. Um, and certainly the... Um, the new fruit expert is um, on sale at, at present. Um, and that, you know, it's full circle from buying a copy of that all those years ago to actually getting to rewrite it and update it. And uh, I don't plan on retiring yet, but I think I've um, done all right so far. You have with, with those two examples, the Grafter's Handbook, exceptional. And of oh, course, it's a Bible, really, isn't yes. it? Yes. Oh, without question. And then the Be Your Own Expert books, mm. I mean, the most successful horticultural author of all time, uh, and you're able to tread in those giant footsteps. Well, when you think it's difficult to go into a bookshop without seeing at least one expert book. Yeah, that's right. And certainly if you go into any gardener's collection of books, there'll there. always be yeah. experts there. Uh, quite honestly, I miss them, you know. Uh, it's a great pity that they're not 
still being updated. Well, maybe time will tell and we'll see. But, um, you know, at the present, they're not, there's no more of them, as far as I'm aware, being updated. But maybe in the future, you never know. Yeah. But you also did a programme with Dan Pearson. I mean, there was some... Um, yeah, and that involved a book as well that Dan and I wrote. Um, it was called Garden Doctors. We did two series. Um, and it was really off the back of... Um, Dan had been on Gardener's World with Gay Search and they'd done some small gardens at King's Heath in Birmingham where they used to film the programme. And then, again, it was the people from Channel that did the Channel 4 work, a flashback, um, and we... Basically, Dan's very very prominent designer, um, and I was there to put in some horticulture, but also I'd done some landscaping, um, and so had Dan, to be fair, so we worked pretty well together. Um, I've got no interest in design, so there was no conflict of interest there. Um, yeah, we did two series, and then they finally did another one, um, Garden Doctors East and West, and that was looking at gardens and design, and... Dan went abroad for that and I wasn't involved um, because they weren't really looking at the construction. And then um, I was approached about doing some work on the books and on the there was a booklet to go with that particular programme. And then we, because of that, we were approached to do the booklets for Ground Force. And of course, you know, I, I couldn't believe my luck for a start working with somebody like Alan Titchmarsh was great. And we were getting the, the rushes of the programmes when they, the rough cuts, really, so that we could write the leaflets so that they could go out at the same time as the series started. And what we'd do, is Val and I working together, we'd do a couple of pages on each of the gardens, a list of the plants that were in there and this sort of thing, a bit of background on the people whose garden it was and why they wanted it. Um, and I think they did 13 series and we did 12 of the booklets goodness but also with that the first ground force book if ever you see it on the shelves it says alan titchmarsh on the front yes yeah but the thing is my dad got a very good agent still have and she said we're not having written by alan titchmarsh so if you look inside it's written by steve bradley (laughs) but it just says alan titchmarsh on the front and I joke about the fact that I can make more money pretending I'm Alan Titchmarsh than being Steve Bradley. <laughs> well, hopefully that will change. Steve, there's one more section of your life that I hope I can bring you back to uh, chat about. Well, it's going to be longer than War and Peace, I tell you. How is it? <laughs> well, you do an awful lot of talks now, don't you? Yeah. And, and so you meet the general public. And I think perhaps... Uh, at some stage in the future, we ought to talk about the great British well, that, public. that could turn into a comedy half hour because some of the feedback you get can be absolutely hilarious, <laughs> believe me. <laughs> Thanks, Steve. My thanks to Sutton Seeds of Torquay, sponsors of this podcast. And thanks to you for listening. Enjoy your garden. We'll be back next Thursday. Discover more at sungardening.co. UK. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.